Oh, yeah. David Essel back in the box again for another rockin' three hours. Welcome, gang. David Essel live every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Heard across the USA on iHeart, Clear Channel Premier Radio Network. So glad to have you on board with us. Our, our, our number to text us for everyone listening, our phone lines are not working. They're down tonight. But you can text us at 941 941- 266-7676. Text only tonight, 941-266-7676. Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, celebrating 20... 20- At the very least, we've got an amazing show. Before that, I'm going to read this uh, text that came in at noon today. How does one begin to believe in themselves when they have faced the life of ongoing failures in business and love? What a great question. How do we begin to believe in ourselves when all we have faced, so we think, is failures in business and love? I'm going to get to that in a second. The lineup tonight, the guests coming on. We're going to talk to Janet Pfeiffer, who's the author of the book, The Secret Side of Anger. And I am really excited about this topic because it affects us all. Who doesn't get angry, pissed, disappointed, frustrated, maybe even to the point of rage? We're going to find out if there's a good side to anger. Uh, and also, is, is it possible to ever just simply remove it and get rid of it? How do you deal with anger at bullying or a partner that breaks your trust or the death of a child? And we're going to talk to Janet about that. And then Marilla Scott is back, one of Oprah's Ambassadors of Hope, talking about the true story of David Takaro Jr., the name of the book, Bad to the Bone. Very fired up to talk to Marla again about uh, her book and David's story, totally inspiring. Lindy Lauren is with us, uh, one of the top U.S. Uh, supermodels and creator of a luxury line of lingerie. Oh, yeah. So we'll be talking to her about life, business, and activism in the fast lane. There's so many great topics. And, of course, text us your questions, your comments, anytime at all during the show, 941-266-7676. The text number, 941 941- Two six six seven six seven six. So here's the question that came in at noon, noon Eastern time. How does one believe in themselves when they have faced a life of failures, ongoing failures in business and love? How do you believe in yourself? You know, the m- number one, and this is crucial, even in a life that seems to be filled with nothing but failures, we have to... Watch the thoughts and make sure that our identity isn't based on failure. And this is difficult. And what what does an identity based on failure look like? It's where the comment that we make to ourselves and others is, oh, that would never work. I've tried that so many times. You know, relationships are just way too hard. Finding the right person is just way too much effort, right? Like our identity before we even jump into the game is we've lost. Before we've even started the game, we've lost or in business, Oh, this is a terrible economy to start a new business. Or I'm just going to have to hang in there and make the money I make right now because in this economy, oh, my Lord, you can't make more money in this economy. You know, like That means our identity is already based on failure, so we have to reverse that. That's the ver- first crucial step. Number two, surround yourselves with successful people who have what you want on a daily basis in your business life. Make sure that if you're not involved in a mastermind group or a network, working group that you have mentors or coaches that are successful so that you can start to feel the energy of success. That's how you begin believing in yourself when you start surrounding yourself with people that maybe have more than you do with love or business, money, whatever it might be. 
and we start to get caught up in that wave, that surge. And then when we start to see the surge of people around us being successful, it inspires us to believe that maybe we can do that too. Next, you've got to ask for help. The third step, you've got to ask for help. If you don't have what you want in life, you have to be willing to get vulnerable, to be humble, and ask for help. And number four, repeat number three, ask for help. I'm being dead serious, right? Like you've got to be willing to ask for help. And and, and that is just, I look at different areas of my life, like my business life. I have a one, Marlene, my business coach, is phenomenal. And I ask her for help every week. I have sessions as a coach, even though I've been doing this for 25 years now, life coaching for 25 years, I have my own coaches that I go to and I ask for help. Um, listen, as a matter of fact, go to YouTube, put in my name, search my name, David Essel slash believe in ourselves, David Essel slash believe in ourselves. And you'll be able to watch a video that we've done recently on this very topic. And if I can help you in any way whatsoever, email me at talkdavid.com. We help thousands of people every year begin to believe in themselves more. So just send me an email at talkdavid.com. All of our work is 100% money-back guaranteed, so it's never a risk at all. One eight, oh, I was just going to give you the 800 number. Our 800 number isn't working tonight. Text us, 941-266-7676. 941, oh, this is a great one that just came in, 941 941- Two six six seven six seven six is the text number. Um, just listening to your speech about believing in yourself, failing in love is something I'm an expert at. <laughs> this is funny. I know I'm not supposed to say it, but it's true. Uh, on top of that, I did watch one of your videos earlier today on crazy making. So is this an example of it? My relationship, a girlfriend of seven years, I may have stayed too long already, changes her mind constantly. I get a text every week, and I love you more than life. You're my life partner. I'm never leaving you. And then a few days later, I'll get a text that reads like the one I got this morning. And then it's in quotations. Your work is too consuming. I cannot be in a relationship like this. Then following that, three hours later, I will do whatever it takes to stay with you. I love you so deeply. What do you think, David? Yeah, that's an example of crazy making. Absolutely. That's the example of crazy making is when our partner decides that they're going to go on some type of a rant. This isn't what I want. That isn't what I want. This isn't what I want. And then all of a sudden, hours later, just like what your example you gave here, hours later or days later, they start ranting in the opposite direction. So first, you can't do anything right. Then all of a sudden, you can't do anything wrong. And then the next one is, I'm going to be with you for life. And then the next one is, you never do X or whatever it is, right? That's crazy making. I mean, you, the first option you have is to run. <laughs> but you've been there for seven years, okay? So maybe you give it another six months. And so let's, okay, I'm an optimist, right? So, so let me say if I was, if I was coaching you, what the very first thing I would do is I would work on you and I'd say, why have you stayed so long? Like seven years, that's a long time to go through this insanity. So why have you stayed that long? This is more important than why your girlfriend is doing what she's doing. Seriously. Are you codependent? The answer looks like it would be yes. Do you feel like you're the savior? Do you feel like you're the one that is the grounded one and the one that's going to save her? Because that never works. 
right? But the very first thing I'd say is work on yourself. Get a better understanding of why you're staying in a relationship that's so wacky. Um, You know, your girlfriend may have had terrible experiences in the past. Uh, It sounds like she does. She is projecting this insanity on you. The exact uh, example that you gave is the definition of crazy making. And you can't have a healthy relationship with someone you can't trust. And in this example that you gave about I love you more than life, and then the next day, you know, this isn't going to ever work, and then the next day I'll do whatever it takes, that's just crazy making. So it isn't healthy at all for either of you. Could it just be the wrong match? Could you just tap into her insecurities? Or is there something more serious that she's facing? But the real question, since you're the one that sent it in, is why are you there? And what do you need to do to change? So I would say give it a couple more months, sit down and talk to her, tell her this isn't acceptable, it's not healthy, and ask what you can do differently to get her off of this roller coaster if you want to. Um, boy, I, I, I don't know how you can stay seven years in something that's so up and down, but you want to look and see, why is that? Why is it that I'm hanging in so long with something that is this insane? And and when you, the longer you stay in this type of a relationship, the more you have to look at both of your roles as saying that you're both equally addicted to chaos and drama because this is really chaos and drama. So for someone who's performing the chaos, as your girlfriend has been, a text saying, I love you more than life, and then a text, this will never work, that's one thing. But you staying in it is another, Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. More text coming in. I just got a bunch of, oh, my God, go Davids. So I think this is ringing uh, a bell with people. Our text number tonight, we can text only, 941-266-7676, Text came in about e-cigarettes and teens. We'll get to that. Uh, how can I deal with a partner who's insecure? Oh, my gosh, that's a big one. And so much more. Hey, all of our shows are archived at TalkDavid.com. So visit it right now, TalkDavid.com. We're coming back with more answers to your questions. The text, 941-266-7676. I'm David Essel. Stay there. Are you gathering at the tees? Have you had enough of mine? Are you reeling in the You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Hey guys, welcome aboard as we look at all the different areas of life, health, success, relationships, and more. Uh, our number, we just got a number if you want to call us up. It's 818 818- Three eight zero six eight one nine. We have one line working. Eight one eight three eight zero six eight one nine. Or you can text us anytime. Nine four one two six six seven six seven six. Nine four one two six six seven six seven six. This in um, listening to your open about failures and relationships. How can I deal with a partner who's insecure? I'm thirty nine. She's thirty five. For two years, we are either happy as can be or in turmoil. As she continues to think, I'm seeing other people. I have not, 
and she has never found any evidence. It's driving me crazy. Uh, gosh, this crazy-making thing is a huge topic tonight. Another example of crazy-making. Listen, if you're telling the truth and you aren't pursuing other relationships, but she doesn't believe you, then that happens to be in her ballpark, and there's nothing you can do. There is not a thing. If you're dating an insecure man or an insecure woman, there isn't a thing you can do. There aren't enough words in the vocabulary, the English vocabulary. There aren't enough letters in the alphabet. There aren't enough numbers in the world that you could go ahead and say, um, when when I say these seven words, all of a sudden she became secure. Or when I utilize these certain phrases, he became secure. There's nothing you can do. This is the most frustrating thing in the world. If you've never broken trust, and this is what I'm just going to assume, that you're telling the truth. You've never broken her trust. You haven't gone outside the relationship, yet she constantly doubts you. This isn't about you. And there's nothing that you can do to help her, honestly. You've got to make a decision. You know, you really have to make a decision like, is this the type of place I want to be? A lot of people have been hurt in relationships in the past. And in their pain, they carry it forward. I mean, we all have some baggage. We really do. A fear of abandonment, fear of judgment, fear of rejection. But the insecurity one is a massive one. That's like a 7,000-pound weight that you're carrying, all right? And so I would say, you know, if, if I were in your situation, you've been together for a couple years, I would take some time off. And I'd have her work with a professional, and, you know, maybe you could do the same and find out, like, what it is that you might be doing or energy you're sending out. You know, are you flirting uh, unconsciously? You may want to do some work on yourself, but just remember you can't do enough to help someone who's insecure. When someone's insecure, they're going to find things that aren't true. They're going to find things that aren't real. They're going to find things that um, they'll fabricate information. They'll take a small um, tidbit of, of of something and say, well, remember where we were at that party seven months ago and you looked at that girl and smiled and you go, oh, my God, seven months ago. And, yeah, I did. I looked at a girl and smiled. And I was standing right next to you and I went home with you. And for seven months, I've never seen that person again. But I do remember that experience, right? I mean, we all can say at certain times in our life that we're insecure. But if it continues and there is no evidence. You know, I was working with a client this past, for the last couple of weeks now. And she was dating a guy. And the guy would call her up and say, hey, um, what are you doing tonight? And they, they lived in different towns. And she said, oh, I'm going out to dinner with my friends. And he would have a heart attack. And he would become very insecure, and she'd go out to dinner, and then she'd get home, and they would talk for, like, hours on the phone to calm him down, and that's just insanity. No one needs that. No one wants that. And that's someone that really needs to work with someone else, you know. she, uh, in, in that case, he was living in his past. He'd gotten hurt, and he was living in the past. And now in the, the relationship that you're sharing right now, she's living in the past if there's nothing been happening, you know. So I want to wish you the best, but make sure that she gets in to see someone. And you may want to take some time off. You may want to say, listen, let's take three or four months off. You could even say, if you want to, you could say, I won't see anyone else. I just don't want to be in this crazy relationship. 1-800. Oh, no, 800 number isn't working. God, that's just so automatic after 23 years. We have one line open, 818-380-6819, 818-380-6819. Text us. Uh, I got I got a text from about an hour ago I'm going to read up next. Our text number is 
7676-941-266-7676. This is about e-cigarettes. We have a teenager that we caught with e-cigarettes. We've gone online and tried to research as much as possible. There doesn't seem to be a lot of danger, but we're not sure. Should we be concerned? And so let me tell you two things. One, teenagers in the last eight months to nine months have started using e-cigarettes to get high on the liquid and vapor of marijuana. So when you use an e-cigarette and you have a cartridge that is the um, uh, the solvent from marijuana, and you can buy it online, you can buy it anywhere on the Internet, they can get stoned and there's no smoke, there's no order, odor, there's nothing. So the very first thing, if you catch your teen with an e-cigarette, is to realize it could be pot, it could be marijuana, number one. Number two, a teaspoon of the liquid absorbed in the skin can be deadly. Just a tea, a tablespoon can be deadly. Um, do you know that most of the hospital visits with the e-cigarette poisoning is kids two to four years of age? And that's because the e-cigarette liquid itself comes in all kinds of fun colors and flavors, raspberry, chocolate, et cetera. So kids two to four by accident are coming across these cartridges and ingesting them, and then it's emergency room visit. You know, a tablespoon can kill. It's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, so amazing. And and nicotine, by far, is the most powerful anti-anxiety drug legally sold on the market. The problem, of course, with e-cigarettes is that there's no um, jurisdiction in regards to potency. It could be 2% nicotine. It could be 8% nicotine in the cartridges themselves. You can buy cartridges. You can buy barrels of the stuff on the Internet. So when people go to fill their own, the spillage, if it gets in your skin, can be sickening. It could it can cause extreme sickness because of the high concentration of nicotine. So... Man, be careful, you know. But but recently we have seen a huge increase of calls to our office from parents that are saying this very question, the text that just came in, is the same thing. And what a lot of parents don't realize, of course, you know, everyone was a teenager. We know how tricky teenagers can be. I was a tricky teenager. I got away with murder with alcohol and drugs as a teen in high school. And now they're using it with e-cigarettes, marijuana, the vapor itself and you can't smell it and you know it's just like wow there was a a high school counselor i knew that contacted me recently and asked me about that and i said why are you calling she said well we've had three kids come in now with blurry eyes but there's no pot smell and we didn't know how they were getting high without it and i shared that they went and they found these cigarettes in the kids lockers amazing right 1-800 oh sorry 818-380-6819 coming up janet pfeiffer we're going to talk about anger Yeah, anger. I'm David Essel. More information at talkdavid.com. So glad to have you with us. Stay right there. Baby, you a song. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. You 
you're tuned in to David Estelle Live, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Uh, celebrating 23 years on the air, Positive Talk Radio. Great to have you with us. Uh, text us today, 941-266-7676. Hey, anger, we all have it, right? Everyone's got it. Some of us have learned how to deal with it. Others haven't. Some of us implode. Others explode. Our expert today, one of our guests Janet Pfeiffer, author of the book, The Secret Side of Anger. She's an author, radio, TV host, and so much more. Janet, welcome to the show. Well, hi, David. It's so nice to be here. Yes, well, I'm glad. You know what? Bernie Siegel, I love Bernie Siegel. We have had him on so many times on this show, and he endorses your book. Yes, he does. He is a sweetheart, but he's been a source of inspiration for me for well over 30 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he is. You know what's funny, Janet, is that um, in the, gosh, it was the late 70s, I think it was, um, Bernie and I, the, first, the the only time I met Bernie, we were on the same docket speaking in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, at a wellness conference. And, um, and of course, you know, Bernie didn't, I'm sure he didn't remember that, but we were talking, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know how many years that was ago, but he's had a huge influence on your life as well. I love it. Oh yeah. From his very first book, Love, Medicine and Miracles. Right. Well, that was the first one that I read. I've been a fan of his ever since. And I had the opportunity to meet him, I guess about five or six years ago. And it was just a remarkable experience. And he and I have become friends ever since. And he's been on my radio show as well. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Hey, you know, I, I was um, um, hired to write a book a number of years ago called Slow Down, and it was perfect because, you know that saying, we often teach what we most need to learn ourselves. Is that relevant with you and anger? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It most certainly is. I got into this line of work 20 years ago um, primarily because I'm a survivor of domestic violence. And that okay. really, and while I was in that relationship, really propelled me to want to learn about his anger so that I could help him, because that's what good women do. We help fix <laughs> our men. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes, what, yes. Yeah, but what I learned was about how much anger I had in my life. And I was someone who was raised to suppress my anger. You know, in the secret side of anger, I said when I was a child, I was allowed to express two feelings happy and happy. That was it. <laughs> Anything yeah. other than that I was unacceptable. You weren't, anger was a sin. So I kept that anger suppressed inside of me all of my childhood. And then when I got married in my early 20s and I had kids, the anger started coming out at my children. And I was, I was crazy. I mean, I wasn't crazy like all the time, but I was right. really hurting my kids with my anger. So I went back to suppressing it. And then when my marriage ended, I developed an eating disorder, which is all about suppressed emotions, and then years right. later got involved in the domestic violence. So, yes, I'm in this line of work because of my own personal life experience. Now, now let me ask you this. Genetics versus environment. Is there a genetic link to a person with a lot of anger, or is it more environmental, like you were saying, that you were allowed to have happy or happy? What do you think? I don't think it's genetic at all because my I come from a family of peace lovers. I mean, my mom and dad were the most easygoing, loving people in the world. I never saw anger expressed, honestly, in, in my life. 
I never mm. saw my parents argue. It was, for me, it was just, there was so much emotional pain in my life. I, I came from a family where I, I was loved, but I had a hard time feeling that love. I mean, my, my parents were wonderful. I knew intellectually that I was loved, but I had so much pain inside of me. I felt so worthless and so unlovable that that pain then was really the source of my anger. And pain is one of the underlying root causes of all anger. Okay. So yeah, I, and think I, it's, I, I, I think it's environmental. I think it's something that you learn. I don't really yeah. think – I don't believe so much in genetics, and Bernie and I are on the same page with that in terms of medical issues. But I think right. in terms of emotional issues as well. Yeah, I so agree with you. Oh, my gosh, Jan, I could not agree with you more. I think most of our disease, I, I think all of our addictions are emotionally based. Oh, um, yeah, they are. They're, right? they're coping mechanisms for yes. the, the stresses and the pain and the loneliness and the anxiety that we feel. We don't teach our kids how to deal with those emotions and how to heal from them and move beyond that. And that's what I focus on is helping people to heal mm. all of this uh, all of this pain and this sadness and this fear inside of them so that it, they don't have to reach for a substance. Because I reached for food right. for 15 years. Right. I was addicted to food. Now, is it po- we're talking to Janet Pfeiffer, author of the book, The Secret Side of Anger. Is it possible to be fully free of any anger at all? Well, I honestly don't think that it is, and I don't think that it's necessary. So every emotion has value. The key with anger is that you don't allow it to overtake you, that you can choose when to be appropriately angry and for how long and in what degree, and then you can choose to release that anger. So when you feel angry, it's really an indication that there's something in your life that needs to be addressed, something that is not working properly, something that you view as an injustice or an unfairness. And you can actually channel that anger into something constructive rather than using it destructively, either, you know, if through violence or screaming or, or self-mutilation or, you know, any other form. So Addiction. I, I, yes, yes. So I think it's important to feel the emotion, but listen to what it's there to tell you because it's a messenger. So once you get the me- it's like physical pain. It's like when you have physical pain, it le- your, your body is letting you know that there's something here that you need to pay attention to and address. If you don't have the, the pain, there are, there are a very small percentage of people that have a very rare condition where they don't feel physical pain. If you, ha- if you have a broken leg, you won't know that your leg is broken, and then you won't seek medical treatment. So right. We need to listen to the anger. What is it here to tell me? What do I need to address? And then release the anger and put 100% of our focus and attention into getting the issue resolved or to accept those things that we don't have the ability to change. Uh, when, when we look in our work, Janet, with people with a lot of anger, we often find that it's an expressive expression or manifestation of some type of fear. Mm-hmm. Very much or so. In, or insecurity. Could you talk about that? Yeah, there's actually three root causes of fear, and all anger can be traced back to one or more of these causes. And the causes are hurt, fear, and frustration. So when I'm working with a client and they come to me because they have 
anger issues, I say, well, we're not even going to address the anger. That's only a symptom. Let's look at what you're really experiencing. Are you feeling right. hurt? Has somebody said or done something that has, you know, really hurt your feelings? Or do you have physical pain? That can lead to anger as well. Or are you dealing with frustration? You're trying to make something happen or to change something, and you're just not getting the results that you're looking for? Or is it fear? Now, for me, the definition of fear is that it's a lack of trust. So I fear circumstances that I don't feel safe in. I might be afraid to jump out of a plane and, you know, with a parachute on my back. I'm afraid sure. because I don't trust that I'll be safe. Um, yeah. I fear people who I think may pose a threat to me on various levels. But on an even deeper level, fear is a lack of trust in oneself. If I truly feel confident about myself and my ability to handle any situation that life gives me, then I don't need to worry about anything. If I lose my job, if, if I have to relocate to another part of the country, if my spouse dies on me, whatever that is, if I truly have faith in myself and faith in God on an even deeper level, then I don't need to be afraid of anything. So I can eliminate the anger that is, uh, is brought about by fear simply by learning to have that faith and confidence in myself and in my creator. We're talking with Janet Pfeiffer. Janet, hang right there. We're going to be back in just a couple moments. The Secret Side of Anger is the title of her book, and we'll find out more about how to deal with it right after this quick break. I'm David Essel, TalkDavid.com. Stay there. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Ah, the secret side of anger. My guest, Janet Pfeiffer, is with us. Her book is endorsed by Bernie Siegel, an amazing New York Times bestselling author. Uh, welcome aboard, gang. Our text number, 941-266-7676. Hey, Janet, is the, are the benefits to anger are what? what? What are the benefits to, to, to the whole concept of the emotion of anger? Well, anger, like I said uh, before the break, is, uh, it's just an indication that there's something in our lives that we need to address. So when I become angry or upset about something, it means that there's something in my life that's not going according to my expectations. And that's the key that I want people to understand, that anger is always the result of unmet expectations. But the key here is that I have to look at what it is I'm demanding of life or requesting of others and make sure that what I'm seeking is fair and reasonable. So you had, you had mentioned something about weight loss in one of your commercials. And if I'm expecting, you know, if, if I think that I can drop 10 pounds by, you know, the end of the week, and then, and then that doesn't happen, I become angry and upset. Well, that lets me know that maybe what I was seeking wasn't actually realistic. It, it wasn't feasible. Or right. maybe my plan to accomplish that goal was lacking in some areas. So it gives me some insight as to what I need to look on to better make those changes that I'm seeking. 
What, what about um, anger at a partner who betrays you, anger at a partner that breaks your trust on a regular basis? How do you help someone deal with that type of anger? Well, in terms of that relationship, it's really important, and in all of our relationships, to establish boundaries very early on, which lets your partner, whether it's it's your intimate partner or business partner or friendship, whatever it is, let the, the partner in your life know exactly what it is you're expecting. Let them know what you, ex- what you will accept in a relationship and what is unacceptable to you and what you're prepared to do if that individual crosses the line. So I was married to somebody who cheated on me. That was very clearly a deal breaker for me. And, my, and what I said to him was, look, I'm willing to work through it this time. However, if it happens again and if we do not get to the root of why this happened in the first place and get these issues resolved so that we can have a strong marriage, this will be a deal breaker for me and the marriage will be over. So it's really clear to, you know, let the individual know what, is, what you will accept and what you will not accept in a relationship and what you're prepared to do if those terms are not met. Right. Now, in the event that that individual does something that is offensive to you or hurtful or puts you at risk or whatever, you may need to make the decision to distance yourself or maybe even permanently sever that relationship. But in order to move beyond the anger, you absolutely must be able to forgive that person because every one of us is struggling with some issues that causes us to act out badly in some area of our life. And so forgiveness really is that key that allows us to say, all right, this happened, but I choose to put the anger to rest and move on. I learned the lesson. I'm, I'm a better person as a result of it. And now you just put that down and then you're able to move beyond it. Yeah. Forgiveness. That, that, that's, I mean, that's such a huge, huge key. Oh, what other yeah. steps, what, what other steps can, can we take, Janet, in order to, to manage anger? Well, it's important, you know, in some circumstances to actually talk to the individual that you're angry with. But I don't recommend doing it while you're angry and upset because (laughs) (laughs) because when we're highly emotional, we very rarely, (laughs) you know, make choices that that are going to help us, you know, in the long run. So I always encourage people that if you need to address the issue with the other party, give yourself time to calm down and cool off. And I have a strategy in my book, The Secret Side of Anger, that I, I recommend people use, and it's called the SWAT strategy. And SWAT stands for stop, walk, and talk. So if you're angry with someone and you need to talk to them about it, while you're, when you're angry and upset, first thing you do is you need to just stop. You don't want to say anything or do anything at that moment that could make matters worse. Second step is you walk away. Physically just remove yourself. Say, you know what, I just need to, you know, go someplace and think for a while. Give yourself a little distance between you and the other person. And the third step, which is critical, is talk. And by that I mean talk yourself calm. Because the things that you say to yourself at that moment are either going to allow you to calm that anger down or it's going to fuel that anger and cause it to escalate. Once you have calmed down, put everything into perspective, okay, because a lot of times we get so angry over things that in the long run really have no value whatsoever. Right. Once you put everything into perspective and you've figured out what's, what's really important and what it is you need to say and not say, then you can go back and get that issue resolved with that person. If someone carries anger from childhood and, and they, they were always an angry person, the difference between that person who who was expressive 
with their anger and a person like yourself who submerged it, is there a difference in the healing process from someone who's been an angry bully from when they were a kid and they're just angry through life? Is there a different way that they have to heal through anger versus someone who has submerged it but turned to an addiction to self-medicate so that they didn't express their anger? Well, I think that I think it's really important for people to try to understand where their anger is really coming from. That's not always possible. I mean, there, you know, you can't always go back to your childhood and pinpoint the real issues why you're angry. But for me, one of the things that I talk about and I really help my clients with is to create a peace plan. I mean, sometimes we focus so much on the problem that we can't see the solution that's right there in front of us. So I encourage people to create a, a, a ritual that allows you to feel more peace. So whether it's listening to music or prayer or meditation or aerobic exercise or whatever that is, to incorporate those behaviors into your daily routine so that it automatically lowers your levels of stress and anger and frustration and all of mm. that. I like so that, that when a situation arises, instead of going right through the roof with your anger, you don't react to it quite as strongly. And yeah. for, for me, what has really helped me to heal a lot of my anger was understanding that every experience that I had in life was exactly what I needed to go through in order to bring me to where I am. Now, to bring me to where I am professionally, emotionally, but more importantly, spiritually. So mm. I was teased as a child, you know, I, I've been betrayed, you know, by my, by my first husband. I've, I've gone through a lot in my life, but every one of those experiences has ultimately made me a better person because I've chosen to use each one, you know, in that regard. So when we understand that all of these experiences that come disguised as hardships and unjust injustice and loss and betrayal, that really they are are precious gifts for us. They are sacred gifts that allow us to grow in ways that a life of ease and fairness never would. Then I don't need to look at that and be angry and resentful and bitter that this person mistreated me or I had to go through that. I can look at them and really be appreciative of having had that experience because I am a better person as a result of it. I love it. Letting go of resent- resentments create such anger, don't they? Oh, my, oh my God. It, resentment is, is poison. It will literally right. destroy your life. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a tumor that's growing inside of you. It will literally eat you from the inside out. Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Janet Pfeiffer, my guest, the name of the book, The Secret Side of Anger. Where, and where is it the best place to get your book, Jan- Janet, The Secret Side of Anger? Where's the best place? They can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. They can go to my website, PfeifferPowerSeminars.com. It's just available just about any place. <laughs> I love it. The Secret Side of Anger, Janet Pfeiffer. Janet, it's been wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Oh, David, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Our text number, we just got a, a bunch of texts coming in, flying in because of this topic, of course, uh, 941-266-7676. Um, one, which is what we're going we're gonna to go to a little bit longer, but Janet actually mentioned it on the air, was about the power of meditation. And in regards to utilizing meditation to decrease stress and decrease anger, go to YouTube, search my name, David Essel slash meditation. We have several videos on meditation at 
at YouTube that you can watch and join. There's there's a couple that talk about the benefits of meditation. Then there's another YouTube video that is actually a meditation video. You can close your eyes, just listen to my voice as I take you through a brief meditation. Great, great text. Thank you so much for sending that in. Meditation to me is one of the most crucial exercises that we all should be doing on a daily basis. Even if you just start out with two or three minutes a day, uh, oh my gosh, it diminishes anger, resentment, frustration instantly. And over time, it'll take much of it right away. I'm so glad that you're with us. Coming up, Marilyn Scott is back with us. An inspiring story you're not going to want to miss. I'm David Essel, talkdavid.com. Stay there.